Hello and welcome to the Bay Brothers Podcast. Today is 2019 and January 1st of a new year, and today we have the Triple J on, uh, Jim Deasing, John Deasing, and cool guys I like to call, also uh, Jim Deasing. Jim Seald. Jim Seald, my bad. I I called the wrong name. Um, Today we have a special podcast with these three guests. Two recurring guests. Um, so to get it started today, we'll talk about the Bulls and um, those scores coming up. So today, earlier, LSU and UFC played. Um, and later today, currently Washington and Ohio State. Um, also Kentucky over Penn State 27-24. Mississippi State and Iowa, Iowa in 27-22. And later tonight, Texas and Georgia. Also, after the college football playoff semifinals, we're left with Alabama and Clemson. That game will be coming up soon. Alabama's favorite six and a half. Any takes on that? Go ahead, Jim Deasing. I like uh, Clemson and uh, plus the six and a half. I think it'll be a close game. Trevor Lawrence is, uh, I think, a budding star at quarterback. I think he'll make some plays. Um, I like I like uh, Clemson plus six and a half. I'm gonna go with you with Clemson. Um, I like the defense. Uh, you got three NFL first rounders in that front seven. Um, I think they they limit Bama, um, and I think uh, they got a decent chance of winning the game outright. Jim, yeah, I agree. I kind of like Clemson outright. I think uh, it's a rare situation where they have similar numbers of NFL prospects, at least on the field. Maybe not depth wise, but. And they can match team speed with Alabama, which just doesn't happen. So, and I wouldn't put it that Tua lasts the whole game as right. well. well and and a, you know, Dabo is just crazy. He's going to have a couple plays that are going to be tricks or home run plays. Mm-hmm. So, also, um, we'll take Clemson plus the six and a half, just because I think they'll keep it a close game as they've shown. Bama shows sign of weakness against Georgia, and that they could collapse at some point. But overall, I think Bama will win outright. Also, coming this next week, NFL playoffs will begin. Texans and Colts in the AFC with um, Deshaun Watson. Watson helps clinch the Texans their third division title out of the last four years. And also the Colts with an unexpected successful year. Is this a good season for the Colts um, with Andrew Luck coming back in a good season? Um, takes on that game. I like the Colts in that game. Uh, the Colts are playing well. Um, Andrew Luck proving he's a franchise quarterback. They made some big overhauls in free agency and the draft, and they hit on the majority of them, and, it, and it's showing. I mean, they get the benefit of the Jaguars tanking in that division, but they handled their business against everybody else, especially down the stretch, and luck's been hot over two months now. When in doubt, I go with the better quarterback. I think that uh, Houston team's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Got a really good defense, um, but I think it's going to be close. Then I go with the quarterback. And I'm going to go with the Colts uh, on the road uh, winning the game. Uh, I think what we've got spread about two there. I think you take the free two points and uh, go, with the, go with the Colts. Well, John D. Seemed, uh, I agree with you. Make that three three picks for uh, for the Colts. Um, yeah, uh, that nine wins in a row for where the Texans were. It was just kind of a... Smoke uh, and mirrors. Yeah, a little bit of fluky. Also, then we have the Ravens and Chargers. Mm. Chargers have had a good season overall. Lamar Jackson coming in um, midway for the Ravens. But is Lamar Jackson ready for the playoffs being a younger quarterback? 
I don't think so. I don't even think he was rated for the regular <laughs> season. I mean, some of those passing numbers are just crazy bad. I mean, like, he'll pass for like 140 yards, 150 yards, run, you know, he runs a little bit. I think the Chargers are the much better team here. And you're catching points. I mean, this, of the four, this is my favorite pick of the weekend, um, which is a nice weekend for football. But this is this is my favorite game. I like the Chargers here. Again, better quarterback. Um better defense i'm going chargers i agree um i think it was good that they've already played um a lot of times with these kind of gimmicky offenses with these running quarterbacks second time around they'll be prepared for it they're going to shut down those running scrambling plays i think san diego's going to be ready and san diego's a much better road team seven and one on the year um, good stat, Jones. <laughs> um so i i think they'll be ready and they're, they're gonna uh beat the ravens a clean sweep. I like the Chargers as well, um, especially getting points. Anytime a low-scoring defensive team is giving points, I kind of like the high-scoring offensive team in general. Phil Rivers, I like him because he's got more than well, he's going to have more than twice as many kids as me. So that's how it's impressed with me. But I think the big thing is they can they can do things against the running quarterback that a lot of teams can't because they have two corners, especially Casey, Casey Hayward, who can match up outside. So you don't have to worry about where you put your safeties. You can walk your safeties up the line against Baltimore. And that'll be a big, big difference in the game for San Diego. Now moving to the NFC, we have Bears and Eagles. Bears will be at home, I believe, with, I'd say, the first or second best defense in football, going against Nick Foles. Nick Foles, kind of another solid year. Um, Not much behind him, though, I think, for the Eagles. I think it's bold. I think Nick Foles is going to fall, finally. Uh, He's going to have a bad game. People always say, oh, why wasn't Nick Foles playing all year? This first, like, th- he played the first three weeks, and he was bad. Um, he's, he's played excellent these last couple weeks, but I think it's going to come crashing down in, in Chicago, um, and the Bears will win. Uh, What's the number on that game? Six. Five, five and a half. Five and a half, six. Six, but uh, Bears yeah. are favored. Um, uh, as much as, I mean, I being a home game, it's obviously going to help Trubisky. Being young, um, I think I, I'll take Eagles in the points there. Um, I don't know if the Bears... Ooh, our first disagreement. <laughs> I think the Bears can win the game, but, I mean, I don't know. Are they going to score more than 17, like 17-14, something like that? Like I, And the Eagles have shown that they'll they'll go for the throat. They'll, they'll take some chances to put points on the board, um, both for the good or the bad. Like, sometimes those crazy plays put you in a hole. But um, I kind of like the Eagles uh, getting a second life because they really probably shouldn't have made the playoffs the way things are going with four weeks left, so... I'm really torn on this one because all along my pick was going to be the Bears and whoever they were going to play in the first round that they were just going to overwhelm them on defense. And then the Eagles, I, I know what you're saying, Jonesy, about Nick Foles, but it was against, you know, it was three big games against the Rams, you know, the Texans, you know, 400 yards, and then eh, he was okay against the Skins, I guess, a bad Skins team. Um but that being said, I gotta go with my original gut feeling, which is I am gonna go with the Bears to overwhelm the other team with the defense, cause a couple of turnovers, strip sack by Mac uh, or Aikens, and uh, you know turnover get some points. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with the Bears there to cover, but not by a lot. Um, not a favored play, but you know something of a you know of a, a twenty to thirteen kind of win. I think mean, I think one thing there is you could see Foles, you know, with the bruised sternum all of a sudden he gets gets hit once early in the game and now you're who's their backup? Like 
Darren Stubstell or something like that. Like someone, you know, then the game's over. Yeah, maybe they just give him a flying elbow smash right <laughs> on the sternum, and then it's all over. <laughs> then we also have the uh, Cowboys and Seahawks. Um, Cowboys are favored by two and a half, I believe. Um, I personally like the Seahawks in this game. With the experience, I like Russell Wilson as a better quarterback in that game. Uh, I think I'm going to go Cowboys just uh, on their pass rush, being able to keep Wilson in the pocket. His recipe's always been extend plays, extend plays, make a couple back-breaking first downs on runs. Um, their speed on the end and in the middle of their defense should be able to keep him in the pocket. And then um, it becomes whose running game is going to win the game. Is it going to be Carson, the Seahawks, or Elliott, and play-action passing with Dak? Um, and I'm going to take the chance with the Cowboys on that one. I've hated both of these teams all year. I can't believe they've won these many games this year. It's just crazy. And then let me say this about Jason Garrett. So last week in my pool, I got the Giants minus seven. The Cowboys are locked in to the four seed. He's playing his starters. The whole, the whole game? The whole game. Dak Prescott played the whole game. They win the, beat the Giants outright. He's got to lay down like the Saints did and gives me a win. So just because of that... <laughs> I, I, I wanted to go against them, but I can't. I, I The Seahawks aren't the same on the road. I think I, I usually lean quarterback and coach a little bit, and you know Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson better than Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott, but Seattle is not the same team on the road. Um, in a, I don't like it to make a play on it, I, but I'm going to go with uh, I'm, I'm going to go with, with Dallas at home, eking one out, late field goal or something like that. I, I'm also going to go with Dallas. I think the the road thing is significant, and I think uh, the Dallas, Dallas has a good front seven to control their running game, so they won't be able to do all their play action and everything. So I think uh, I think Dallas wins that game. All right, we'll we'll see how those games play out in the coming weeks. And now a little hot stove talk with the Mariners signing Japanese star Yushi Kikuchai, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sure. Um, but he is one of the best pitchers in Japan over the last couple of seasons. At the age of 27, he had a 3.08 ERA and 153 strikeouts. Um, Mariners trading some pieces away earlier this offseason in um, kind of, I like to call it, a little bit of a reboot more than a rebuild, um, trying to figure out what direction they're going in and see how this plays out for them. Yeah, that's a real interesting deal, especially how it's structured with... Um there being a player option in year four, but the um, the Mariners can actually hold a three-year option at the back end of that. Kind of interesting that the agent would play it out that way. Um, I can't imagine they keep him for that long, even if he's, I mean, he'd have to be among the elite pitchers in baseball, and I don't know if I see that happening out of a guy that's going to be 28 during the season, and, you know, it's a strikeout game now, and he, he wasn't even a K in inning his last, you know, year and a half in Japan, so that would be my concern there. I think he's going to be a solid major league pitcher, but I don't think he's got you know the Bugs Bunny car, you know cartoonish stuff that uh, <laughs> Otani came with. You know, I don't know. I think most of these Japanese pitchers over the years have not panned out at all. So I'm going to go with history, and I'm going to go the great Hideki Arabu. Yeah, Dice <laughs> K. You know, I mean, it, we can go on and on. You know, Hideo Nomo was pretty good for a while, and then. You know, his career fell so far that, you know, he ended up running in the sausage race one time (laughs) (laughs) at at Miller Park, you know. So, you know, you got guys, you know, what's the better chance of him winning a Cy Young or 
or being in the sausage race. I throw that out to my <laughs> colleagues here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with sausage race. Yeah, I probably, I probably lean sausage race. So no, I don't think he's gonna be any good. I think it's it's mediocrity. I think it's kind of reaching here a little bit. Yeah, I think it might be just a. Uh, satisfy the Japanese fan base in Seattle. Just yeah, kind of, have big you know, ownership. Have ownership stake, and you know, I think he'll be a probably a decent pitcher, you know, replacement level. But I think they're overpaying for it. I don't know what Seattle's doing right now. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, interesting. Actually. It could be an asset grab if he shows up early, and then they try to move it and say, "Well, really, yeah. you only have a couple years, and he's got a player yeah. option." I mean, similar. They're still trying to move Encarnacion, who they just trade for. You know, it's. Yeah. Well, there's some odd yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean going that Cano there. contract is just a, a disaster, and that's you know so, that's the albatross hanging around the franchise, and I don't know. Well, I they, think they, 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 they sorry, sorry to correct you, John Deason, but the they did they did trade. Uh, oh, Cano. they did. Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> what an embarrassment! Got some Jay Bruce money. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't a total. It wasn't a total, total wash. And the yeah, you know, okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The Mets sent out there. Yeah. Which I don't know what the Mets are doing either. That's right. Going for it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, so um, now moving to a little college basketball scores over the last week and weekend. Kentucky over Louisville in an in-state rivalry, seventy-one fifty-eight. In opening in Biggie's play, Xavier over DePaul, seventy-four sixty-five. Nevada handled Utah easily um, with a fifteen-point margin. Princeton upsets Arizona State after they just upset. Uh, um, Kansas in the week before, Western Kentucky upset uh, Wisconsin, a three seventy six. Seton Hall eked a win out against kind of cheap win for some people to say, seventy six seventy four. And Virginia Tech handled a struggling Notre Dame team in the opening of their ACC conference play. Any uh, takes of um, conference play opening in general? Um, different conferences, how they're going to pan out. Well, I think I think a couple things you hit on the odd um, ending of that St. John Seton Hall game, where the Big East now came out and said, "Yeah, bad whistle, whatever." I mean, it's clear everybody in the arena, except for the ref that blew the whistle, knew it was a bad whistle right away. How that can't be correctable on the spot is ridiculous. Well, they claimed it wasn't an inadvertent yeah. whistle, and now and the Big that East it was just a tiny... after, right? Yes. Classic refs. Yes, exactly. Nobody loves the refs more than Jones. <laughs> I do think the Western King, Kentucky thing, um, you know, no matter what the, what was the number, somewhere around six or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But um, I think it's even even bigger upset when you consider their transfer from Auburn left the team. They played without Bearden, who was out academically the first semester, but he was supposed to come back, and he's probably their best player. He was out with an ankle, and they had a third player who's in their rotation that didn't play. I mean, that that's a big upset. And Rick Stansbury, I don't know. He he seems to get players everywhere yeah. he goes. He's fishy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Might have to be a cheater out there. But it's got to be, well, be sniffing. Coaches <laughs> have, you know, off the record, they'll say, if Rick Stansbury shows up in the gym, I'm leaving because i got no chance. <laughs> so I don't know what his deal is there. Also, um, ACC looking to be the top conference as usual. Um, Big East and Pac-12 to look to be the worst. Pac-12... Uh, I'd say it is worse than the Biggies because okay. they look to have oh probably God. one bid. Disaster. Um, yeah. Well, Steve, uh, it's a, di- a horrible week for the for the Pac-12 um, conference yeah. of champions. <laughs> not of bad losses. Yeah. Bad losses. Steve Alford getting fired. It's, yeah, it's no. a it's a one bid league. Maybe two if like somebody like Oregon could really go on a run and then they get upset in the conference tournament final or something, but. I don't see much out of that league at all. No, the, right, the West Coast Conference is 
could be as strong as the Pac-12. Yeah. <laughs> San Francisco's like a solid team in, yeah. in Gonzaga. Yeah. Yeah, agree ACC will be the best. Yeah. Um, I think the top part of the S- of the SEC is pretty good. Big Ten uh, solid. I Big Ten's a lot of solid, but it's not a lot of. There's no there's no national championship team there, and I don't even know if there's a Final Four team in that. No league. Michigan. Jim, Jim, Jim I'm, I'm, I'm insulting you a little bit. <laughs> You're a Michigan man. Um, I just kind of look at some of their eye opening wins early on. You know, I think now in hindsight, aren't as eye opening right. as some of these teams have been, but. Um, yeah, I do got to give John Beeline credit, unlike our local guy here, Mr. <laughs> Wojo. He recognized his weakness, and he got a defensive coach on the bench. And, you know, talk about solidly coached now on both ends of the right. floor. Efficiency. Um, yeah, efficiency. I would say they are a Final Four contender because they have a um, very all-around team, but I think they're lacking somewhat of a star to at times put them in the back to get a bucket late in the game. I think they don't really have a go-to guy at the time. I think they're hoping either pool one of the young guards from last year that got a lot of play late, I think they're hoping they step up when needed. Well, and, and uh, Matthews, Matthews is still there. Matthews yeah, is a question. Yeah. He's, not your, he's not the current modern-day scorer that shoots threes and gets the rim. He's, he's a mid-range guy. Uh, but he was a Kentucky recruit originally. Yeah. You know, that's, that's I like his good. size. I like his game. I think your point on the SEC is a good one, though. I think the SEC a couple years ago... Like when Florida was making their run eight years ago or whatever, the SEC was terrible. Now you look at it and you go, Florida's decent. Uh, Mississippi State's surprisingly good. Uh, ben Holland decided to let guys score the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is why he got run out of UCLA is basically style of play. Yeah. And now he's letting guys go a little bit, and they, they're decent. Auburn's decent. Um, LSU's going to win games at home. They have two elite yeah. freshmen. Um, they're, I think the SEC's on a good bounce, and Kentucky's going to get better and better. Tennessee's Tennessee's very good. Yeah. Tennessee's excellent. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. All right, and now moving to Big East preview, um standings wise and player of the year talk. So, um we're going to do a little gameish kind of thing, go through each team, I'll say a generic placement for them and my guests will either say that's accurate or they sh- they'll be uh, lower or higher um depending on what they think. So, Villanova um right now as a first place, what would you say about that? I'm going to go with second. I think Marquette wins the league. Um, I think they're the best team. I think they've figured some things out on defense where they're a little bit better. So I think by a narrow margin, maybe a game, maybe co-champs, but I think uh, I think Marquette's the better team. Villanova, second best team. Folks? That's just tough. Um it's you know it's I think we're just being so close to Marquette. It's hard to really be confident that they're gonna be consistent all <laughs> My year long. On, would be on the road, right? right. Uh, so I, I'm gonna say accurate. I'm gonna say accurate. Well, I'm gonna stay I, with I'd, them, probably, I'd probably stick with that too. I think eventually the, the talent is gonna play to what it maybe what it has again. It's gonna gel and it's gonna be better. Quinterly. Yeah, 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 I think he might. That would be the key. Yeah. Um, okay, now moving into Marquette as second place. I would say that is accurate because of what you guys are saying about Villanova. It seems like Jay Wright will figure it out at some point. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. obviously, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it, it shouldn't be lower than second. Yes. Right. I would definitely say that. That would be a disappointment. Yes. There'll be, be a march around the Al McGuire Center. <laughs> Led by could, me. Could be the, the three man march. <laughs> 
for Jack if you do want to join us on that. <laughs> All right, and uh, Butler um, in third place. I think that's I think that's high after seeing how inconsistent they've been this year. I like that because I I just think the the league is so so so. You know, I think it's going to be a five bid league with maybe somebody squeaking in in one of the last <coughs> the last spots in the tournament. And I think between Baldwin and now Tucker, I think that's going to make them the you know the se- third best team in the league um, because I you know I just don't see it from from anybody else. I see some significant weaknesses from some of the other teams that we'll get to in a second. Yeah, I don't. I I really think third through six is a crapshoot. Yep. Yeah, they could all end up tied. They could all end up tied. They could all end up tied for seven. It's (laughs) yeah. I mean, it's. I don't really have a third team. Is basically what I'm saying. No, right. They should probably. They should comfortably get five in. But you don't. Nobody like the third team could be anybody. Yeah, I mean, it could come from a group of of the next five teams that you're probably going to mention. Um, It all depends on who. Who gets a hot streak? Who pulls, you know, the one or two upsets at yep. home? Um, I don't know. I, I don't have a good feel for a lot of these teams so far. I think, um, yeah. So I'm gonna. I guess I'll say lower, <laughs> right? Uh, lower than uh, than three. <laughs> Just I think those the, the odds of them finishing lower than three are better than them finishing at third. Yep. All right, then uh, Creighton at fourth place. Um, like we said, it's kind of all jumbled up in the middle, but I think Creighton's been playing better than some of those other middle pack teams. Yeah, and they already got already got a big road win, right? So I think that puts you ahead of it a little bit. Getting Providence last night in the opener, and I'd probably trust. Mc, I mean, I definitely trust McDermott more than I trust Mullen. So, yeah. I mean, St. John's should St. John's they should probably win the league realistically. St. John's but, has probably somewhere in the top three talent wise. Yeah. In the league, so I'm actually going to go with them fourth. I think St. John's just because of the talent, um, you know, Pons and Heron, with any kind of coaching at all. I mean, should get you fourth place, and is you know fourth place is what you know ten and eight. Um, I don't know how you don't get to ten wins with with right. that talent. So, um, I mean, you got two of the best six seven guys in the league probably. So I'm going to go with uh, with St. John's for I think, fourth. I think one thing for St. John's is and preview for tonight's game. This is probably one of the few big conference coaches that Wojo has a distinct advantage over. Yeah. Like Chris Mullen is just Yeah, we're lost. gonna find out in yeah. a couple hours. Well there's a lot of just standing there. It's like he's right. in the league right. and he's just like, hey, just go run something. Yeah. yeah. It's he's... it's really bad. Leading into that I have uh, St. John's as the fifth spot. Like we said, the talent is um, very good and possible for a top three win, but they need to figure out something on their coaching staff and other around it and they are they are uh they are not deep they play like right. five guys yeah. over 35 minutes or 30 yeah. some minutes they lose a couple transfers. if anybody yeah. gets hurt yeah you know so they play six guys seven guys max so that could that could hurt them in a foul trouble game or any any of those so um that's that's a big weakness yeah. as well and then i would I, I guess i would probably go with creighton in the next spot um creighton st john's there uh, but, you know, the next two who I'm sure we'll talk about next could be there as well. All right, so then Providence in the sixth spot on this list. I would say, if anything, it would be higher um, because I don't see 
I, I feel like they're just better than the lower teams. Not that there are um, much much better than them, though. So. I, I agree with that. I think uh, they have a they have a distinct home court advantage, even though they didn't prove it yesterday. But uh, that's usually a that's usually one of the tougher places to play in the conference for sure. Yeah, and, and Ed Cooley's. I think he's a really good coach. You know, they'll turn it around. They'll go on a run at some point and streak together four or five straight games. Yeah, they got to get healthy. If yeah. they if they get healthy, um, and Ed Cooley has shown that. You know, was it two years ago they were horrible in the non-conference and he kind of gelled them together and they ended up winning 10 or 11 games in the league and, uh, you know, and, and making the tournament going on a big run. So, yeah, I, I would like Providence there um, as well. Um, okay, and then um, in the seventh spot uh, we have Xavier who um, lost their coach from last year, lost a lot of seniors, Seems to be they were um, rated higher in the preseason, but have dropped since. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's one of those. That's it's a rating based on the program. Like, yes, Max gone, but they kept enough things in place on the staff, and they're just going to go. The guys at Xavier are going to be better than the guys at DePaul. You know, they're going to figure stuff out. Um, so that's you know, you, you have a couple teams that you're just like, yeah, Xavier's a better program. They're going to finish ahead of those other teams. I'm going to go with Seton Hall, I think, in front of Xavier. Xavier's been downright bad at times. Um, you know, and Seton Hall's got some big wins. I mean, you know, you, they, they won at Maryland. They beat Kentucky on a mostly neutral floor um, for the most part. Um, so, I, you know, after kind of a shaky start where they lost those couple early to Nebraska and to SLU, um, they've, they've really come on here. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Seton Hall next and would probably maybe a little bit of upside to them as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd say if you're down a little bit further, um, I like Seton Hall, which is surprising. I didn't think they'd be very good at all losing all those seniors, but, um, but they have shown that they've won some big games and that's going to help them down the road. Um, well, some of the games that Powell has had have been incredible. Yeah, that game against really Kentucky hard. was just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, I like. I actually like them better than Butler um, uh, as well. Even so, Ooh. I actually like them the way they're playing. Nice, good take. Thanks. All right, moving into the A spot, where I had Seton Hall. Most of you guys saying possibly be higher. I mean, obviously, I do not see them any lower um, below Georgetown or DePaul. No. Um, so yeah, I think they'd have the yeah. I think Xavier goes in the eighth spot. Yeah. Um, after Xavier in the eighth spot, rounding out the pack would be Georgetown and DePaul. Um, who do you think would um, take the last spot in the Big East? <laughs> oh, it's got to be it's DePaul. Got to be DePaul, I mean, right? But Strauss, they have Strauss uh, or whatever his name is. They could go off actually, for thirty. Actually, oh they have some That's decent talent. But yeah. They just collapse in the last like ten minutes of games. Like even the other night against Xavier was close. They just collapsed in the last ten minutes against yeah. Northwestern. They had a nine-point lead with like nine minutes left, and or twelve-point lead with nine minutes left, and lose by double digits. I mean, they're just <laughs> terrible. Yes. And did you guys see that Dave Lato's got two like top seventy-five players next year? I saw. I, I did see. I just look at that. Those are two misinformed young men. <laughs> yeah. Who was going there? So I, I, I don't know. Does that save his job? I mean, it's just been. Uh, they love them, though. Oh, it's an administration, anyway. Yeah, and I think Georgetown has a chance to get better with their two young young guards who are freshmen. Uh, who've had some breakout games, but I think and I think they can continue to grow and get a little bit better. Um, I'm not and sure. Well, I'm not sure. I think actually too. Ewing did a pretty good yeah. job last year. He seemed to be more prepared to coach than Chris Mullen did. <laughs> <laughs> or I 
guess he actually coached, in other words, <laughs> unlike Chris Mullen. All right, now um, a little Player of the Year candidate talk. So um, the, the consensus, East or national? Big, big East, Big East. All right, all right. Um, top five candidates, Schmoyer Pons, Eric Paschal, Kamar Baldwin, Jesse Govin, Marcus Howard. Schmoyer Pons, um, like we said, kind of a natural score, lots of talents, a lot, lot, lot of upside from last year's performance. Eric Paschal, he's a very versatile big man, can step out to the three. Kamar Baldwin, he had an okay year last year. He's a solid all-around player, but needs to fill into bigger shoes this year. Jesse Govin, he averaged a double-double last year, um, expecting big things out of him from this year. And Marcus Howard, obviously really good shooter and scorer, but I think he would um, also need to become a better playmaker um, to get that award. I'm going to go with Marcus Howard. I just think, one, because of my prediction of Marquette winning the league, if they win the league, he's going to have a great year, um, and he's off to a great start. Now he's got to have a couple of these monster games that he's had so far uh, in the non-conferences. He has some of those in the Big East, which I have no doubt that he will. I think he's going to have eye-popping scoring numbers. I think his... You know he does. He's kind of a sneaky, decent rebounder. Um, he'll have a few assists, but I think it's just these big scoring numbers. I think it's going to be Marcus Howard as Marquette finishes first and and no worse than second, and you know averages twenty two, twenty three, twenty four points a game. Uh, I say Marcus Howard. The, Marcus Howard as well. Um, even if Villanova Villanova finishes first, because I think Villanova's kind of a Pascal hasn't really stepped up to be like a leader or, or a... Uh, right, the or, guards or, always have the ball in their yeah, hands and at Villanova. Not, Booth is going to score enough there. Yeah. Um, Pons, I could see when he, if St. John's would go on a run and, and take the uh, and take the league, I could see Pons winning it. Yeah. I don't see it, but other than that, I, don't, I think it's between Pons and Howard. Yeah, yeah, I think Howard's got a legit chance. I mean, if Marquette goes, let's say they go... I don't know, fourteen and four in the Big East, and he keeps scoring like this. He's got a legit shot at National Player of the yes. Year. Right. I mean, it just. I mean, when you're when you're throwing up that half against Buffalo and these big games against the best teams, I mean, I'm certainly going to end up on some first team All American lists along yeah. the way too. Yeah, I think it's definitely yeah. Howard. I mean, Pons would be the one guy that might have the ability to score like Howard, but I just don't think St. John's going to be as good. Yeah. Right. All right, with a clean sweep of Marcus Howard there, now I'll move into our final four of the best games of 2018. Um, we can start to the left of me um, with the first pick of and, the 2018. And who is that? That's Mr. James Sewell. Um, I would go, since um, I tend to be basketball, and or NCAA basketball and baseball heavy, I'd, I'm going to go with the Elite Eight game between Kansas and Duke, overtime game. Uh, Malik Newman scoring 24 in the second half in overtime, I believe it was. Ooh, good uh, call. That's, that was a, just a great game. And everybody, you know, Duke's got all the freshmen now and how quickly they forget. I mean, you know, Bagley and Carter and uh, Duvall were there. You know, they had legit NBA talent last year, too. And that was just a great game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit more of a, from a local personal perspective. <laughs> And I'm going to go with, and it was hard because there's so many great Brewer games and uh, which one to pick. Um, but I think I'm going to go with um, with the NLCS Game 1 just because it was back in the National League Championship Series. It had a great moment with the Woodruff home run, just an electric crowd. 
Um, yeah, and and I flipped back and forth between that and Game Six, where that where I thought the roof was coming off in the first inning. Um, but yeah, they they hit Kershaw a little bit, um, and just the thought of heading towards the World Series by going one zero. I'm going to go with NLCS uh, Game One as one of my Final Four. Um, I also had Duke Kansas in there. Um, I'm going to go off the board. Uh, I, I originally thought this was the best top four uh, games for college basketball, so I had to do mine on the fly a little bit. I'm going to go with one that's I'm not a big fan of the sport, but the college football championship oh, last year. Good one. Uh, Alabama Clemson. Um, really, just like the last like ten minutes of that Alabama game. Georgia. Alabama Georgia. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, was that was crazy. Was yeah. was crazy, and that in that last pass to win it was was unbelievable. So I'll put that in there. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Game Three of the World Series, the 18 inning game, Dodgers um, over Red Sox three two. I had that one. Mostly just for the length of the game and the, um, <laughs> and the high Red stages. Sox on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you you coming back or are we gonna go round robin? Gonna go no, we'll, we'll go round robin okay. today. Um, my next one would be the the uh, regular season NFL game between the Chiefs and Rams. I know a lot of people don't like the explosion and scoring, how like defense, goonie, whatever. There was every time the ball was in the air, you thought somebody could break it. Um, there's just elite playmakers all, all over the place. The game was fast. It was easy to watch. Um, probably the best regular season NFL game in a long, long time. When you're considering you're not, you know, don't have a favorite team in that game. Um, so that would be uh, my next pick for the game of the games of the year. I'm going to go with the Super Bowl next. Um, I love the f- uh, the fact that Philly won. Can't stand the whole Belichick Brady thing and their geniuses and he's the greatest. Blah 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 blah. Um, but you know, he just got out coached. Love the Philly special. Um, obviously, as the, as the play of the game. Uh, love the fact that New England kind of fell on their face with trying to be too cute at some time, and then it came down to the end. And a big defensive play by by Philly to get the strip sack, and you know get rid of the whole Tom Brady you know crap for a while anyway. Um, so I I really loved the Super Bowl last year. Well, I had the Super Bowl and I had the eighteen inning game, so all four of my all four of mine are gone. So Jack, it's up to you. I will go with uh, Texas A and M LSU seventy four seventy two. Um, this game breaking all sorts of scoring records, um, lasting seven overtimes, just overall a crazy game in college football. And Ed Orgeron got the Gatorade poured out on him like an hour and 28 minutes before (laughs) the game ended. (laughs) One more? Yeah. Um, so I, hey, like John said before, you have to go baseball and, you know, I wanted to take Glaber Torres' three-run home run off of Blake Snell, uh, but like, that's a random game. Uh, and uh, then you want to go game two where, you know, Price wet the bed against the Yankees, and I'm like, gave a glimmer of hope. But um, as much as the Brewer playoff stuff really got to me, I think the the Yelich cycle game in Cincinnati, 13-12, I believe that was, um, where you're just like, not only are the Brewers aren't going away, like he's he's gonna carry him if needed, and he did. He, I think that was probably end of July, July thirty first, somewhere around there. Was that game, or was that? Yeah, I think that's the one that was in July. Yeah, right? it was. It was 
it was before. Oh no, they were in uh, they were in L.A. for July because uh, that was like the Walker Field game. It was so August. It, it was right, right. Yeah, it was probably the end of August then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, cycle six hit six hits, and you knew they were legit. And it it was, and it's only the Reds. It was like oh, every game was mattering, and that's when he threw him on the back, and you kind of got the feeling it was one game that you really like. Yep, that's they're going now. I love that game. I was at that game. <laughs> With nephew Tim O'Connell that game. <laughs> it was a great game. He was awesome. I'm going to go to game 163, the Brewers beating the Cubs, mm-hmm. because it was the smackdown of the Cubs. I I just revisited that game a little bit, and I forgot about the the Jesus uh, quote after they beat the Tigers when he said to the Cubs, they know they have a problem tomorrow. So it's just <laughs> a great, one of the best quotes of the year. And then they go out and beat them 3-1, um, and the, and just the you know more lights out with the bullpen and Chassin. Um It was just it was just a, a great win, and that was beating the Cubs. You know, putting them in the wild card, which you know helped eliminate them earlier. So I love that game. All right, and uh, for my last one, I'll go with uh, Gonzaga Tennessee, a more recent college basketball game with um, Admiral Schofield going off for a bunch of threes late and. Um, coming back from a deficit against Gonzaga. So that was a fun game to watch for me. And um, today that concludes our uh, podcast. I'd like to give a shout out to my co-host Andrew Hall, who is not here today because he is with uh, family in Iowa still. So um, thoughts and prayers to him and his family in the holiday <laughs> safe, season. Safe travels. safe travels. Safe travels to the Hall family. And um, we will close today with uh, Good Grief, um, a song. So thank you for listening and have a good week. What's gonna be left of the world, oh